Chris and Chris Talk Movies. All right, well, welcome back to our wonderful little podcast here. Um, my name is Chris Ferry, and my co-host here is... I'm Chris Huddleston. And today we are very, well, I'm very excited to be talking about a really, uh, really fun movie, also from the 80s. This one is called The Hidden. I want this car. Jonathan Miller would never do anything to break the law. I need the keys. Thank you. Bye. He is a very fine, very honest gentleman. Something strange is happening to some ordinary people. Yeah, that's Jack. Real nice man. What do you do, rob a bank? He's a law-abiding taxpayer, minding his own business. Killed 12 people, wounded 23 more, stole six cars, most of them Ferraris. If anybody deserves to go that way, sure in the hell's him. I've worked homicide for 13 years. I have never seen anything like this. You trying to tell me that she's part of this? Step out of the car slow! want answers and I want them now. Explanation won't help you. And I want to know why it takes 15 shots to take down some sold-out stripper. Why three law-abiding citizens all of a sudden go crazy and start killing people. Are we talking spacemen here? Something gets in his way, he kills it. Finds a body. Gets inside, uses it to move around. Try for one on the tire. But you think this is easy? Why don't you try? Bye. I guess a career in the police didn't really prepare you for this, did it? The hidden. You think it's over now? You're wrong. All right. That's a fun trailer. I love that it doesn't give anything away. Um, if we're going to give a synopsis of this movie, Chris, I, I, you want to take a swing at it? Maybe I'll jump in there. Sure. So basically we start out with uh, we have it, it opens with a man has just robbed a bank and he hops in a Ferrari and uh, cops go on a big chase with him and it ends in uh a uh a roadblock and a shootout and he winds up in the hospital and then while he's in the hospital uh there's another person in the room with him and uh this kind of slug-like creature comes out of the man <laughs> goes into the other person's mouth it's who gross. then yeah it's very gross it's some good uh you know old school practical effects and that man walks out of the hospital and kind of does the same thing. He goes and uh, robs a store, uh, steals a, like some cassette, music cassettes and a boombox. <laughs> and then he goes on his own kind of uh, murder spree. And uh, we're introduced to a police detective who's kind of investigating this. 
and then an FBI agent played by Kyle McLaughlin uh, shows up to help on the case. He's been investigating this for a while and he knows much more about what's going on in the situation than the detective does. And so we can kind of, kind of go from there. Yeah. I, I, I find it interesting that they kind of show their hand so early in the movie, right? We get yeah. that, that first guy going on a crime spree, spree has a, it's got a really strange feel to it because he's acting in a really cavalier way and it's not clear why. And, you know, there's a lot of shoot him up and car racing and it's very dynamic. It's a and great then, opening, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. And in terms of establishing a sort of a strange tone, I think it's hugely successful. Mm-hmm. And then when we got this, it when we got this critter coming out of his mouth, I mean, it's really upsetting. Uh, yeah. So right off the bat, we were like, oh, I guess that's the hidden, <laughs> right? That's what's hidden. Mm-hmm. And, and then we're playing catch up. So we're in on it from the very beginning, even as the the other detective, not not the FBI or Kyle McLaughlin, but the other cop struggles to get information out of uh, Kyle McLaughlin's character. Right. Yeah, I just think that's a, it's an interesting choice. My my original bet would be that you'd save that surprise for the end. Yeah, I just wonder what you what do you think about them choosing to put that right up top? Uh, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, it 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 works in the context of the movie. I feel um, mm-hmm. I think kind of the only uh, sort of the mystery for the viewer is who Kyle McLaughlin is because it's not right. it's not until pretty late in you know he's it's so. Spoiler, but it turns yeah. out he's an alien as well, but not he's, a bug, right? He seems to, and and that was one thing that I wasn't sure they, uh, and I don't remember the names of the, uh, what the species were or whatever, but I wasn't really sure. Uh, it wasn't really clear to me. Were they from the same planet? What did you um, unknown? Yeah, I I assumed not. I assumed that. Well, I don't know. Maybe different species, obviously doing the same. It's the same MO. Right. But anyway, at, at, at some point, you know, uh, Kyle McLaughlin finally reveals to the uh, to the human detective what's going on, that this creature had, he said what, he, he killed his family and killed his partner, and he's been hunting him for nine Earth years or whatever, which, of course, right. the... You know, the, right. de- the detective is <laughs> thinks he's nuts uh, before he eventually, you know, figures out what what really is going on. But it's interesting with Kyle McLaughlin because the way he plays it, he's he's so odd from the beginning. You know, he's very, uh, you know, almost like robotic in his movements and things. And there's a scene where he goes to the detective's house for and dinner. Kinda, yeah, for dinner. And he's like drinking a beer and he acts like he doesn't know what to do, kind of. And he gives him an Alka Seltzer at one point and he puts it in his mouth. Yeah. Right. So, so you know, uh, I don't think, it, I'm not sure if at that point we 
we know that he's an alien or if we finally find that out when he reveals to the detective. I don't remember exactly. I think the clues build up. Right. He's weird at first. And, yeah. and, and you suspect something pretty soon. And then it, what, what I'm left wondering by the end is, is he another bug or is he something different? And he's right. something different, but um, yeah, by the time he's at the dinner party, acting acutely strange it's mm -hmm. pretty clear he's not of this world <laughs> uh, you yeah. know so yeah they have some fun with that i i'm not sure i don't i mean i really like this movie actually um uh, but there was some it just some it made me think of like um well, I used to go skiing and there'd be like a tow line that would sort of pull you up the smaller slopes sometimes and the tow line would it wasn't constant speed. Like there'd be these little hitches and jerks where it would sort of give you a tug and then it would sort of slack off and you'd be like, uh, is this, and, oh, and then, it, you know, so it felt like this movie kind of herked and jerked in a similar way that some of it really worked and some of it, I wasn't hundred percent sure what they were going for moment to moment. Right. Um, like it, you know, it was, it was also sometimes felt like it was trying to be a kind of a hard boiled cop movie. Yeah. And then other times it was like clearly a sci-fi horror. They had a lot of fun. The various actors who were possessed by the, the bad bug. Right. Had a lot of fun playing of the same character, essentially, you know, and it, you know, the trailer makes it clear there's a, a yeah, stripper and, um, you know, a, a banker and it's, it's different walks of life. Well, there's a cop at one point. Right. And they all yeah. do the, they have this sort of tell where he kind of licks his lips and they get this glassy look in his <laughs> eye and you're like, Oh I, yeah, we get it. <laughs> we get you the bug. And I love the, uh, he's so fun or, or, or it is so fun because it's basically like a psychotic teenager or something because yeah. He wants to, so the one scene that we mentioned earlier where when it goes to the second person, so when we have the opening scene with the guy, he's driving the Ferrari and he's playing this really loud rock music, you know? Yeah. And then when he's the, when he goes into the second person, that guy immediately goes to a record store. And like I said, just starts filling his pockets with audio cassettes and grabs a boom box and, uh, then he goes and steals a Ferrari. So it's like he wants to listen to rock music, drive Ferraris, you know, rob banks, basically. Yeah. And then and like there's one, you know, point where they say he just kills anything that gets in his way. So it's such a fun. Uh, and, and like you said, that it's almost, you know, at times it's like a kind of like this ridiculous action movie, too, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't, maybe I missed it, but I didn't discern any particular motive of this. Like, I wasn't clear if he was hiding out on Earth or if he was just kind of on an interstellar tear. Yeah. You know, what, what, what was he doing here? Like, yeah, they don't, the they don't ever reveal. Here. Yeah, they don't reveal that there's any kind of a plan or that there's, you know, there's other aliens coming or something. It's just, it's, it's just he, um, it's kind of like somebody just relying on all their base instincts. He's just going to do what he enjoys and 
he doesn't care you know if anybody gets in his way he's just going to kill them you know yeah and you know he gets so we ought to clarify too that it's a it's a pretty gross you know um like parasite that lives inside the body and it seems to make the body i mean it kills the host although he's walking around animated um but you know, it gets pretty shot up. And when the body gets damaged enough, it has to leave that host. Right. And find another host. So he does kind of like take a bunch of gunshots to the chest. And, you know, it doesn't seem to be, it seems impervious to the pain inflicted on the human body it's in. Yeah. There's one part where in, in one of the guys where he's, uh, uh, he, he's in a like a diner or something and he's eating all this food and he sees a Ferrari outside and he just gets up and walks out and he starts chasing after it. And, and he grabs his chest, like, you know, he's running down the street after this Ferrari and he grabs his chest, like he's having a heart attack, which probably is. And he stops for a moment and then he just keeps running, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he that's the guy he gets into in the hospital. And the right. guy is in the hospital because he's had a massive coronary. Yeah, right? he had all kinds of health problems, you know, and, and the doctor was perplexed that the guy had just gotten up and walked out of there, you know. But then, of course, and it's it's a good performance. And at some point, he switches hosts into um, a stripper, an exotic dancer that mm-hmm. he sees in it. He's either in the club and sees her. It's not, I, I forget exactly how he, what transpires that has him move from the former host into her. Yeah. But it does make some, some eighties fun of, so this bug is genderless <laughs> to our human eyes. It's just this gross thing. Right. But I, it, it sort of seems to the movie seems to imply that it's male and that it is attracted to human women somehow. I don't you know what I mean? I can't. Yeah. There's just this sort of 80s logic of like, oh, it's an alien, uh, you know, it's you know, like the ladies. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> it yeah. looks like a giant cockroach hybrid. You know, I, again, I think that kind of goes along with the thing of of where he's just like a teenager almost because yeah. he just loves rock music and fast cars. And I guess he loves, you know, he loves. Women yeah. Well, too. I mean, yeah. I, I guess being in human men's bodies, I don't know. I it's like it's another one of those things in the movie that if you think about it hard enough, it just falls apart. So yeah. you're just not supposed to. Yeah, but, but, yeah, don't worry about that. Yeah, just, yeah I, I think you don't want to think, you know, like you said, don't think too hard about it. Now, there is a sequel, which I've not seen. Really? And the, and the, and the sequel may, uh, you know, it may answer some of our questions. I don't know. But well, uh, I feel like we have, to, we have to watch yeah. the sequel now. Yeah, definitely. For sure. It's undoubtedly worse, right? I mean, what my money's on, it's worse. I would think so. I mean, I'm I'm sure Kyle MacLachlan isn't, isn't in it. And uh, now uh, this was one... This is a little bit different than the Wraith last week. I'm pretty sure that I I can recall. So I saw this for the first time a couple of years ago, uh, but I'm I'm pretty sure I can recall seeing this in the video store. You know, that I think I remember seeing the box. Yeah. And but just never picked it up for whatever reason. So I I think I was a little bit of, aware of this movie, but when I finally saw it, I thought you know. This one definitely is a lost 
gem of the of the 80s i think you know it it uh nobody talks about this movie you know and this would be one i think this would be really prime to be remade this this would be kind of the perfect kind of movie to remake you know yeah and you can not that there's a, anything wrong with it but you know. no no but you you i think you in a remake you'd have a little more fun um so there's there's two times we see the bug right. um and otherwise it's all performance and kind of um story you know it it, it yeah. switches hosts many times but you only see it switch hosts once and then when it's ultimately defeated it has to emerge and you see it a second time right at the end of the film and i think that if, if it was a remake i think you'd probably see a lot more squish i think of the remake of the thing that yeah. uh, john carpenter did where that was the effect heavy to great effect i mean it was sure. really gro gross upsetting movie oh yeah <laughs> it's one of my favorites but yeah uh yeah, it uh, and another thing, um, you know, when you were saying about uh, some of the kind of issues maybe with the pacing, uh, it's interesting to watch these movies to me from the 80s because or the 70s or whenever the pacing is so different from movies yeah. that we, ha you know, everything now is and, and you know, our, our brains have been kind of wired to it. Everything is is. Uh, you know, now is such quick cuts, which this movie doesn't really have, you know, there's action in it. And also it's interesting to watch these older movies and just, this is a really simple movie. There's not a lot of complexity to the plot or anything, you know, and, and uh, uh, I, th I think that's kind of a big difference with, with movies today. I think they're much more complex and also just faster editing and all. I, it makes me, and I don't want to switch movies, but it makes me think I was just watching the, um, the final two Avengers movies, the right. infinity war and Endgame, yeah. Um, and it, the, the pace, the scope, the, I mean, there's, of course there's tons of CGI in that, but the, the pace at which those movies clip along and and the ground they cover and just the visual they manage to not blow your fuses with too much like you watch the transformers movie and it's just too many whirling oh, yeah. parts that you your your mind glazes over you can't even track what's happening on screen because there's just too much activity to focus on not so with the with the marvel uh, films they they really manage not to tip over into chaos with those screens full of digital effects, but very, very different, very different feel. Um, pace, I think, and when I talk about the, the kind of herky jerky, there are there in this movie, there are dialogue scenes that feel like seventies, you know, they're in the cops are sitting around kind of chewing the fat and that mm -hmm. goes on for a while. Right. Yeah. And it feels, you know, almost Cassavetes, uh, influence, John Cassavetes influence, um, of, of this kind of naturalism of like, well, let's illustrate a relationship here by really, um, 
you know, really having a moment of true feeling dialogue that isn't necessarily driving the plot forward, but we're establishing, you know, human relationships here. Right. And then there are other moments in this film that it's like, I'm a cop and I'm sick of the, you know, you've got answers and I want them now. Yeah. You know, it just feels very scripted and very kind of boilerplate, um, quote unquote, movie dialogue. Um, and then there was some oh, yeah, real sure. surprising stuff, too. Like, I, I think that the performances of the people being the bug felt really fresh and didn't feel canned. I mean, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. I thought it was really fun. So there was a lot in this, you know, kind of gumbo of a movie. A lot of different styles, and it made the pace feel a little herky-jerky. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, compared to uh, last week's movie, The Wraith, this is a really well-made movie. You know, mm. it it looks good. All of the acting is good. Um, you know, there, there's not really anything about it. You know, the, the effects are pretty good. It it undoubtedly was, was pretty low budget. I just checked the... Uh, it made just under 10 million. I, I couldn't find a budget for it, but I, I can't imagine it was more than around, you know, five or 10 million, something yeah. like that. And this was kind of, this was before uh, Kyle McLaughlin was in Twin Peaks. Yeah. So, you know, he wasn't really yet a star. And the, the detective, um, Michael Norrie is his name. And he has... Uh, he has 130 acting credits on IMDb. I mean, he's still acting now. Uh, he's yeah, he all, looked familiar to me for sure. I'm he's sure done I've a seen lot of TV. Um, but he's kind of one of those guys, I guess, that has just been a you know had a career as a as a character actor because I can't really I can't think of something else that I've seen him in. But he has all kinds of TV credits, um, you know. So that that's kind of mainly what he's done. But, I think we definitely have to look at the sequel of this. Can, yeah. can, do you have it up in front of you there? Is it, does, do they bring the same actors back or is it just. I think it's a different cast. Like I say, I'm almost certain that. Uh, into, it came out in 93. Um, and this one was yeah. 87 or is 87, that right? Yeah. 87. Um, not anybody I know. Raphael Sabarge, Kate Hodge. Joven Mon Montanero. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, it looks like a completely different cast. Uh, well, I'm curious. Uh, he let the alien criminal from the movie is dead, but he left a few eggs, which are hatching now. Oh, okay. Um, so we need to talk about the, so in the end, so they finally, so yes, Kyle McLaughlin has the special gun that, uh, you know, this kind of laser gun that is the only way that the um, that the alien can be killed. So there is he goes to this political was the guy running for what was he running for mayor of L.A. or governor? Yeah, um, or a senator or something. But he 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 at some point and it's nicely done. It feels organic that he identifies, oh, this is a powerful person that gets to do, you know, whatever he wants more yeah. or less and also somebody that you know is harder to kill because he's Has got a lot protection. of protection yeah so he, he maneuvers a way to get around and and take over the body of this prominent political you know figure 
and they're at a rally or a, an election event at the end, right? I yeah. just was handing it back to you because I interrupted, sure. but. Oh, no, no. So then, so that is uh, Kyle McLaughlin's chance to kill him. He gets a flamethrower mm-hmm. and sets the guy on fire. So then there are all these cops shooting him in the, in the, and prior to that, the detective had been shot by the alien a couple of times. And so Kyle McLaughlin, uh, you know, lights the guy up with uh, the blowtorch, which then causes the alien to crawl out of his mouth, which he then shoots with the, with his special right. gun that he has. So and then he, the, can't, he can't shoot him with the gun because it doesn't affect human flesh. They establish that very clearly. So you got to get the bug out of the body. Yeah. To, to get it. So then he, you know, he shoots it and all the people there see it. They don't really, uh, you know, they don't <laughs> make anything. <laughs> yeah. They don't make any mention of that later that it's like, oh, all these people saw. And, you know, that was something that I was thinking of, uh, watching the movie, I thought if this were today, that that would have been recorded. I mean, it, it, it was a little kind of strange that they, they didn't seem to be really filming that or if they did. You well, know, and there's also later. a thing where he's like kneeling with the flamethrower. It's a sequence of him taking this guy down and there are cops standing in the background. They're just at the certain point, everybody just stops pursuing him and they yeah. just stand and watch as he flamethrowers this prominent political figure. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and then I understand being frozen in horror when something alien crawls out of his mouth and then he zaps it with a golden laser or ray gun. I get that. Like everyone would just freeze and their mouth would drop open and be like, what? But while it's still a guy, you know, whipping out a flamethrower and trying to torch a senator. Yeah. Somebody would do a flying tackle. Like somebody would just. And nobody, I mean, you're, I don't think anybody would understand at that moment. Oh, there's an alien crawling out of his mouth. You know, you'd just be like, what the hell is going on? You know? Um, But so then the, the two of them wind up in the hospital. Um, and the, the the two cops the yeah, shot yeah yeah human cop and the uh now now pretty damaged cal mclaughlin right and so the the human cop is in really bad shape and kyle mclaughlin goes over and opens his mouth in this kind of yellow light that looks similar to the laser beam that he shot the, the alien with comes out of his mouth and then kyle mclaughlin dies uh the detective is there in the hospital bed, you know, looking a little better and his wife and daughter come in and the wife immediately goes to him. The daughter seems reluctant and he reaches out his hand and she comes up, you know, she goes over to him and grabs the hand. And so at this point, the the implication to me was that now Kyle McLaughlin is in his body. Right. And the, and the daughter was, daughter was like oh this isn't my dad this is somebody else you know she she was the only one that could pick up on it that that's that's how i felt i i think i agree with that there isn't when he's at the dinner party earlier in the movie goes over to the cop's house he meets the wife and daughter and he has this very strange moment where he they're putting their daughter who's maybe what eight seven yeah something like that little yeah um, they're putting her to bed and suddenly this house guest is also standing in the room and they're like, Oh, okay. You know, 
yeah wildly inappropriate what again can we help you you know and he's just fixated on the daughter and he stands right at the foot of her bed and they have this long stare at each other and it's difficult to know what to make of that i initially thought is the daughter another alien figure you know like but i don't think at the end of the movie i don't think that is the case i think he's just missing his daughter and seeing you know because then he sort of says oh i lost my partner and my family and 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 so i think at the end it makes it upsetting because i i guess i interpreted that the other cop was pretty much going to die yeah like I did he too. wasn't he wasn't yeah. going to recover from his wounds right whether or not kyle mclaughlin's were fatal wasn't clear to me but that the other guy wasn't going to make it so him transferring and taking over that guy's life essentially and wife and daughter is half there's an altruistic element feel to part of it like i don't want them to be bereft of their father and also selfish i want to i want to be um, you know i want the family that i lost back or a replacement mm -hmm. and the the wife doesn't seem to notice anything different but the daughter certainly looks into his eyes and we there's that sort of bookend of that long stare she had with you know where she's sort of recognizing and it's hard to tell the little girl you know kid actors it's hard to tell exactly sure. what whether it was trepidation and despite herself she took his hand or if the hand is supposed to indicate that there's finally some acceptance of it I, you know i don't know but it's it's weird and sort of upsetting <laughs> yeah to me at the end oh yeah and that interaction that they had in in their house you know i kind of took that as the old trope of you know that that children and dogs can see ghosts or whatever you know and uh, I, I think yeah. i think it was like i mean it could have been that you know maybe she was an alien too but i just i just kind of took it as she knows that he's something else you know nobody else can see that and then right and then at the very end she's like well this isn't my daddy this is this is somebody else and yeah assume you know you could have taken it as kyle mclaughlin was you know that he healed the detective but i really took it at his, he put you know like his life force in him and it also kind of brings up the question of is he similar to the bad alien in that um does he continually change bodies too you know because there's the one scene where uh he uh when he first goes to the police station and uh, he and the, the detective go outside and he says, I'll drive. And he has that Porsche right. and, uh, and the guy's like, wow, the bureau's paying pretty well now, huh? He's like, how much did you pay for this? And, and he's like, or what was the price? And he said, I don't know. And he goes, what did you steal it? And he goes, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. and, and, and also that brings up the question of, I kind of assume that he was wasn't really an FBI agent that he just, you know, had no. taken over this FBI agent guy. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah, I agree. I, so I, I wondered early on, like I, I wondered with the, with the little girl, I'm like, oh, are we going to find out that is the hidden like they live or one of the other things that there are many of them among us. 
Oh yeah. And we don't I didn't really, you know, that. like, and he's recognizing one of his own, but I think yeah. by the end I realized, no, there's a good one on the planet. There's a bad one. Yeah. And we saw him get the bad one and the quote unquote good one, or at least the not, you know, violently destructive one. Right. Uh, now is either just going to, stay here and live out this life or his work being done. There's no, you know, what's he going to do? Where's he going to go? Might as well stay here. I, it was on, it wasn't clear. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I wondered, you know, you, since he, he said he'd been now, I don't know if that had all been on earth, but you know, he'd been tracking the guy for nine years and he had, uh, I forget where he said he had, had come from, but you know, other States, he had tracked the guy, but I, but I just kind of want, you know, I might be reading too much into it, but I wonder if it's kind of the same thing as with the bad alien that the, uh, the host body, you know, begins to deteriorate over time or whatever it's, you know, so mm. that he, he can only stay, uh, in that person for so long, which would be, which would bring up some questions about what happens to the detective, you know, afterwards, if, if he starts to, to deteriorate or whatever i don't know yeah well uh i would i would say that i recommend this film unreservedly i think you should check it out there's a lot to love um it's a ride what do you think oh yeah i i absolutely agree like i say it's it's you know it's a lot of fun it's um it just seems like one of these movies that apparently you know just kind of got lost lost in the shuffle it obviously didn't make a whole i mean $10 million in 1987. I don't know what that comes out to now, but it's not real big money. It, it opened like $2 million or something like that. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a well-made movie and it's, it's well acted and it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's just a, it's a really good eighties uh, sci-fi movie. And I think for uh, Kyle McLaughlin's uh, career also, you can see how him, portraying this sort of wonderfully weird guy that will feel familiar, uh, feel familiar to people who know, you know, his other work. That's a good, uh, that's a really you good can point. see that other people, other casting directors would be like, Oh, you know who we ought to get is uh, that cow guy from the, you know, the weird, the guy who was so weird in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For, and for people who, uh, uh, you know, are, are fans of Kyle McLaughlin from, uh, Twin Peaks or for from Dune, I'd, I'd say those are, you know, kind of the two things that he's most well known for. He's really great, you know, yeah. in this movie too. I mean, like we said, it's a weird performance, but he's, and you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, even though it's, they're like kind of an odd couple, there's a little bit of a buddy cop thing yeah. going on, you know, which, which is a lot of fun. And Kyle McLaughlin a, has, has great hair in the movie. Yep. Uh, I was going to say the the buddy cop thing is another eighties trope. There's yeah. like, that you could feel whether it's the influence of the studio at the time or what that, that it felt like it had to hit certain marks. And there are some, you know, there's some, um, some bits that I feel like are kind of like, Oh, oh we got to take a, take a moment here and put this eighties trope bit in there for a laugh or whatever. And, Oh, let's, okay, we want to make them feel a little more, you know, you see it in 48 hours, you see it in the, the, this buddy cop thing where one of them is the kind of oddball and the other one's the kind of hard boiled whatever. And they, they definitely color within those lines for part of this film too. Oh, for so. sure. Sure. They're kind of, it's interesting because they're kind of both the no nonsense cop, you know, the, mm -hmm. the detective is right. just like, 
he's not trusting of anything basically that Kyle McLaughlin is doing, but, but Kyle McLaughlin, because he's an alien is, you know, it's, it's not like he doesn't have a sense of humor or anything like that, you know? So it's not like his, it's funny in his oddness, but he's not, uh, you know, it's not like either of them is, is cracking jokes or anything. Right. Right. Um, um so check it out and uh we look forward to reviewing uh another priceless gem maybe it'll be the hidden two but i don't know we'll, we'll talk about it offline uh anyway thanks for listening and uh we'll see you next time